You and I have an enemy is the title of the sermon. Um, don't want to give Satan any more credit than he's due, and that's not why I'm preaching on this. Um, but simply we need to be reminded as a pastor, sometimes I just feel like I should preach on that. And also in light of we just pray for all of our students. Our students face temptations, and we're going to look at a temptation that Jesus faced. He's going to show us some ways that he overcame those temptations. And he, he who was tempted likened as we were, but knew no sin. But he was tempted, and so are we. And our students face a lot of choices and a lot of temptations. And so uh, yesterday we had a district a training event at Camp Sumatanga. Great crowd, 400-plus people. Vicky was one of the speakers along with Robin Scott. And he led it and many other pa- pastors. And a focus was reminding us that we're to win people to Jesus Christ. That was a lot of it. But prayer and the Word and worship were mentioned there, things I'm going to say today. Several of the speakers that were sharing personal testimonies even talked about different times in ministry where there was a, a definite attack from Satan. There was a definite presence of evil. We've experienced moments like that, times greater than others, but we've also experienced victory with Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is going to give us some tools here to remind us that we can overcome. I want to begin by saying, and I did it because I prayed, but I praise Jesus Christ. I praise Jesus Christ as the King of kings and as the Lord of lords. Jesus Christ has complete authority over the spirit world. Jesus Christ has rendered Satan a defeated foe. He's defeated. He's not yet destroyed. I wish you had just gone ahead and wiped him out off the face of the earth and everywhere. But he didn't. That's the reality of it. He is a defeated foe, but he is not yet completely destroyed, but he will be according to the way the book reads. Satan does not care what you believe in or who you believe in or if you believe in nothing. As long as you do not believe and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord. Jesus said, I read earlier in John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So praise the Lord. The passage that I'm about to read to you, that you'll see it on the screen in Matthew 4, is a direct confrontation between Jesus and the devil. Jesus confronted the demonic and He confronted the spirit world throughout His ministry. In fact, many of the stories and parables that He shared with this, about one-third of His ministry involved the demonic and the spirit world, dealing with them and battling with them and overcoming them. So we can't throw out that because you'd be throwing out one-third of His ministry. This is a direct confrontation. I'll be reading in Matthew, the fourth chapter, beginning in verse 1 through 11. I'm going to read it slowly. I'll emphasize a few points and then come back to them. We'll see how Satan tempted Jesus, but he also tempts us in a very similar fashion. But also we'll look at ways that Jesus overcame the temptation. Verse 1, Jesus was led up by the Spirit. Don't miss that. That's important. That's a key. He was led of the Spirit. He was submissive to the Spirit's control in his life. We should be too. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he, that is Jesus, had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, I want to include prayer in that. He was submissive to prayer and the fasting. Afterwards, he was hungry. 
Jesus was human. He was fully God. He was divine. But He came as a human. That's one of the main reasons that He has authority over Satan. That He took back the dominion that we, we lost in Genesis. But He's sitting there. He's hungry. He has physical hunger. Now, when the tempter came to Him, and that's one name that the Bible gives Satan, He's the tempter. He came to Jesus and He said, If Satan is good at casting doubt, if, question, if you're the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus answered and He quoted Scripture. He quoted in the book of Deuteronomy. He said, It is written, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He established a victory right then in that moment, but also for us. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I quote this a lot, but Jesus said in John 6.63, The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life to you. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city. I don't know how that happened. I don't know in what spiritual realm that may have happened. Vision, I I, I don't know. The Word just tells us that the devil took him up into the holy city. He set Jesus on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you are, again he questions and doubts who he really If you are the Son of God, then throw yourself down. And then he quotes Scripture. I can quote Scripture. He said, He shall give His angels charge over you. And He even recognizes the spirit world. He shall give His angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus quotes Scripture again. This time He says it is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Don't question God. Do not tempt Him. He's God Almighty. Again, the devil took Jesus up on an exceedingly high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all of these things I will give you if you will fall down and you will worship me. Satan knows the power of worship and he fears it. I'll give you all of this if you will just worship me. And then Jesus quoted again with the book of Deuteronomy because His Jewish children were raised up to memorize Scripture. I know He was God, but He was still a Jewish boy and His family taught Him these Scriptures. And this is a powerful Scripture that I encourage you to memorize. Matthew 4.10 Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship. Remember the word worship. We'll come back to it. You shall worship the Lord your God in Him only you shall serve. And then the devil left him. There's another passage in the New Testament that says that we need to resist the devil. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We have to do that. Jesus did that. The devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Again, a recognition of Jesus saying that there is a spirit world. It would be mind-boggling to us if we were had a veil that was lifted to see everything that's going on. I don't think we could handle it. Some of us sometimes are given glimpses of that, of knowing that we have an adversary, knowing that we have an enemy. There are times that we're given glimpses. The Bible says we may entertain angels unaware. I've shared stories with you a couple of times. I'm convinced. I I couldn't convince anybody else, but I'm convinced that there were angels there. There is a spirit world, but to just 
see it all, I don't think we can handle it. But nonetheless, the Bible describes it. Angels came and ministered to him. We're going to be studying, digging deeper in the book of Hebrews in the next few weeks and preaching from it, studying on Wednesday night. The opening chapter talks about angels as ministering spirits to us. Satan, in this passage in Matthew 4, offers Jesus a compromise solution. Satan offers the same solutions to us, but he wants us on his terms. I'll say this very lovingly but very clearly. If you do not believe that we have an enemy, then he already has you fooled. C.S. Lewis, many of you have read, most familiar are with the Chronicles of Narnia. Made a movie out of it as well. C.S. Lewis is a Christian writer. He also wrote many other books. Another one that I'm going to quote from is The Screwtape Letters. It's, a, it's fiction, but it's talking about the spirit world. One of the things that this Christian writer, C.S. Lewis, said, there are two equal and opposite eras into which our race, and we Christians, I'll add, can fall about the devils, he calls them. And a lot of descriptions in the Bible, a spirit, a, a spirit of lying, spirit of sexual immorality. I mean, sometimes the Bible refers to them evil spirits. Sometimes it is demons. Sometimes it's the devil. So he says there are two equal and opposite eras into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other, the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and an unhealthy interest in them. They themselves, that is the devils, are equally pleased by both eras. A lot of times even Christians can fall in. I've seen Christians that are overly obsessed with thinking that Satan has done everything and never coming to the fact that, no, you fell into that sin because you chose to. You made bad choices in your life, therefore there are consequences to choices. So sometimes it's not always the devil made me do it. No, yourself made you do it. So that's what I mean, an over-excessiveness with it. Here's another over-excess of being so interested in spiritual things but not knowing the truth. We have many TV shows. We were on vacation this week and I happened to watch more TV. Good grief. Some of the weird spiritual things that are on there that people believe and are lured by. So TV shows, books, worldly spiritual false teachings that allure people in by their fantasy and by their power of the spirit realm, which is, there's some truth to it. But there's also danger in it. The Bible warns us to be careful. Many unaware of these things become harmed by them. Twenty years ago or so, maybe in 25, I don't know, I heard a sermon by Pastor James Robinson. Some of you may remember him. James Robinson, I, I used to love to hear him preach. And uh, I heard a sermon that he preached on Matthew 4, 1 through 11, and he shared three words, and I put them in the footnotes of my Bible, and I've transferred those notes. Some of my notes I transfer. This is a different Bible than then. He used three words to describe the temptation that came from Satan. There may be many others, but these are pretty, pretty solid if you think about them. To describe the temptation that Satan gave to Jesus also is very similar to the way he tempts us. He gave these three words, and they all begin with the letter P. It will help you remember it. Pleasure, power, and popularity. Pleasure, 
power and popularity. That's what he offered Jesus. And I agree with Again, there may be other words that describe it, but those are pretty, pretty solid. You can trickle that on down into our lives. We so, see so many people wanting power. That, I'm not talking about just in being king or president or something. I'm talking about in a home. A father or a mother not using the God-given grace that God's given them to be parents, but using that to lord over them. Or children doing that, wanting power. And our, our students face to be popular a lot of times they make choices just to be popular. They're tempted. Tempted to be popular. Tempted to have power. Tempted to have pleasure. Oh, look at our world. The lust of pleasure of all kinds. Not only sexual immorality, but other things. Pleasures of our own. That we want what we want. I don't care what God says. A lot of people have that attitude. Dangerous attitude. But what's it at the heart of it? Pleasure. Power. Popularity, and again, there could be other words. But I agree that those are there. Let me share with you in the book of Revelation. Uh, I think I'd ask Todd to put that up there as well. In the book of Revelation. I, I added this this morning, and I, and I took some other things out, but I simply wanted to read this again just to show what the Bible describes about the spirit world, and it names Michael here. So I'm in Revelation 12, verses 7 through 12. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with a dragon, another name that the Bible gives Satan. The, the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. There was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old, which goes back all the way to the book of Genesis, when the serpent came and deceived Adam and Eve, he deceived both of them, he questioned them, gave doubt, he accused them of things. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. There's other scriptures indicate about one-third of them fell when Satan did. Verse 10, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren and sisters, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame Him. This is important. They, talking about us, we believers, they overcame Him, that is Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they, they did not love their lives even unto death. They cared more about what God wanted than they did their own life. Do you have the testimony that you have believed in the Son of God? Do you have the testimony that you believe that He is the Lamb of God? Remember John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We believe that as Christians in our doctrine of our own church that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, that He is the Lamb of God. We have that testimony. I ask you, do you have that testimony this morning? That's how you win. That's the victory. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your, your testimony is very powerful. I hope you have one. Your faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 12, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and all you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. On our journey in this world, we all face evil. There will be confrontations. 
with the devil and his crew. I'll just call them his crew. There will be confrontations with the devil and his crew. There will be conflicts in the spirit world. And there will be temptations. If, if he came against Jesus to tempt him who knew no sin, he's going to come against you and I to tempt us as well. He's going to bring temptations to us, and, and he does. I think everybody would agree with that. Jesus overcame Satan in Matthew 4 in three primary ways. I want to give you these three ways. I put them in categories of three to help you remember it, but I ask you to remember led by the Spirit. Jesus surrendered Himself and was completely submitted to the authority of the Holy Spirit. He was led of the Spirit. Are you led of the Spirit in your daily journey? It is important that we submit to the authority of the Holy Spirit. It just makes sense. Of all the spiritual stuff that's going on, we need to trust the Holy Spirit. I quote Luke eleven thirteen often. I quote it again today. Jesus said, How much more will my Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Do you ask? You need to ask. I ask every day, Holy Spirit, I submit to your authority. Now, I mess up and I fall a lot of the temptations. I'm not... But I know whom I must trust in. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Are you led by the Holy Spirit? Do you have a relationship with Him as well as the Father in Jesus? They are the triune God. They're one. And again, I, I say again, it makes perfect sense that when it comes to spiritual warfare, the best person we ought to trust is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> He's the Spirit of God. He knows all this. Jesus was led of the Spirit. I ask you, are you being led of the Spirit in your life? second thing is, and I combine two things here, Jesus prayed with fasting and He used Scripture. I combine those because those are two spiritual offensive weapons that we have. Jesus used them. He prayed and fasted for 40 days. Am I suggesting that you do that? If you're led of the Spirit, I would. I've never fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. I do know people who have. It is possible that you have to have some water and so forth, and I would recommend you get medical advice if you're going to do that. But, you can fast for one meal. And I'm not a great faster. I don't, I don't pretend to be. But I do recommend it. There have been moments and times in my life that I knew I was led of the Spirit to fast and to pray. Even if it's for one meal, maybe at lunchtime, you just decide not to have lunch with everybody that day and go off and just be alone and surrender yourself to God. Jesus did. And i tell you another reason I say that, because you remember there was a story where Jesus... Uh, the disciples could not cast out a demon. you remember that? And they said, why couldn't we do that? you remember what he said? This kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. So there's relevance to it. Prayer and fasting, and also, it just makes sense. We need to know the Bible. I can't make you read the Bible. But I sure can encourage you to read it. I encourage you to know your Word. Memorize Scripture. And again, memorize this one. Uh, Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You and I need to know and to grow in His Word. This third thing that Jesus used, and again, Jesus quoted Scripture all three times, so I think it's relevant for us to do that. The third thing in Matthew 4.10, sincere, heartfelt worship is a powerful resource of victory against temptation. 
Worship involves praise. It involves glorifying God. Beaky and I can prepare sermons, a choir. Benny can be prepared to play music. We are a part of the worship as we lead worship. We can set the stage and hope that you will come into a worship service and you will experience God. But we can't make you worship. You have to decide that on your own. You have to come with expectation that you want to worship God. I can't do that for you. I wish I could. But I come, I come to three services a week, Thursday, and I come and I come and expect and I praise Him and I worship Him. Satan wouldn't have said, you fall down and you worship me and I'll give you everything. But then Jesus said, get away from me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and Him only shall you serve. Do you do that in your life? You have to make worship a priority. And I promise you, the spirit world every Sunday knows who shows up to worship. They recognize it. They know the authority in it. They know the power in it. It's important that we come. We may worship in different styles. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you giving your heart to God in worship. That you, you think this is important that you come and you glorify Him and acknowledge that He's Lord of Lord and King of Kings. That's worship. It may come in different forms or styles, but all God ever wants in worship is you. He don't care if you sing How Great Thou Art better than somebody across the way. He just wants you. He don't care if you come to the early service and, and sing contemporary praise music. If you come in here and be blessed by Benny playing the organ, that's not as much as important that He's got you. He just wants you. I think that's one of the most powerful things, and we emphasized that yesterday in our whole district. 400 plus people being reminded of the power and the importance of worship. I encourage you in your daily journey to praise God out loud. I think it's important. My truck, inside my truck, they know who Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father are. I quote Him often and praise Him and glorify Him. It's a powerful weapon that we have. The book of Ephesians says in the 6th chapter, Ephesians 6, you can read it all. I'm going to read just a portion, but it talks about the armor of God. It wouldn't put that in there if it didn't mean that we needed to put on this spiritual armor. The Word of God in prayer are two of the offensive weapons. You can read the other defensive weapons there, but I'm going to read this in Ephesians 6, and I'll begin to close. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. The struggle sometimes that we think, well, that's somebody that did this to me, and I hate them, and unforgiveness, you see, it gets in a spiritual realm then. We do not just wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I didn't make that up. I didn't say that. The Word of God did. Therefore, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Part of these words I'm going to glean from Jack Hayford, a pastor. The adversary knows he can't get you to hell. The adversary knows he can't get you to hell if you open your heart to Jesus Christ. So he would like to heap as much hell upon you as he can in this world. You and I need to declare and be aware. And again, I'm, not, I'm just telling you we've got an enemy. And we need to recognize that. And that we need to declare a battle and a war that we're in over the temporal affairs of life. Stand your ground, be girded in the battle, and use the resources that are available to you. If you and I do that, we'll overcome. Because brothers and sisters, 
We read the back of the book. We win. How do we win? Because our Master Jesus has already taken care of that for us. He died on the cross so we don't have to die in our sins. That's the victory. That's the abundant life that I have hope, that I know that I am a child of God. I don't deserve to be, but I know that I know that I am. That's the victory. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise You this day. We exalt You and and thank You, Father, for having a plan. Thank You for sending Your Son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. In Him, we do have victory. Thank You, Jesus. We praise You, Jesus, for what You've done. Help us to be led of the Spirit, to grow in the Word, to grow in our prayer life, and to follow You always. Thank You, Jesus, for this day and Your grace. Let Your Word settle on our good soul of our heart. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.